Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody Award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of The Great America Show. We appreciate you being with us. A lot of developments in Ukraine, most unfortunately, are not positive. Not good for Ukraine as its people fight for their nation's survival against the Russian army and Putin's missiles, rockets, bombs, and artillery. And Putin has also now sent in hundreds of paid professional mercenaries to seek out and assassinate Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky and his top government officials. We'll be taking up all of this with our special guest today, who has served in a broad range of government posts uh, with a broad range of responsibilities. Our guest is Cash Patel, a great American. His views are always illuminating and insightful. But first, let's take a look at where we are in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. As of today, the European Union is taking the lead in the West's response to Russia's attacks and Putin's decision to put Russia's nuclear weapons forces on high alert. And the EU is leading. This is an extraordinary development, ladies and gentlemen, because for the first time, the EU is standing heads and shoulders above the national leaders. Uh, Boris Johnson and the other leaders have taken a back seat. Uh, even historically neutral Switzerland is stepping up to help the Ukrainians fight off the invading Russians. Russian and Ukrainian envoys did meet on the border with Belarus. Nothing was accomplished as expected, but they did agree to continue their talks. That was not expected at all. Some of the Ukrainian cities, including Kiev, are taking heavy punishment from Russian forces. But Putin has to be surprised that the Ukrainians are not only holding out against the Russian military, but also gaining support of what has been heretofore a fractured and passive EU and NATO. They're coming together to defend Ukraine, and Putin has been forced to find another calculus with which to consider his options, including perhaps withdrawal of his forces. His strategic partner, Xi Jinping, must understand that he too has made an immense miscalculation and that the West now will forcefully meet all threats that the two despots, Putin and Xi, can muster. And there is an emerging new world order, uh, but an unusual, an unusual picture is being revealed, not the one that Putin and Xi sought after the Russian invasion, but a new center of gravity that has suddenly formed in Europe, given the retreat of the American president, the courage of the Ukrainian president, and his steadfast, steadfast loyalty to his defenders of Ukraine. And, of course, the resolve of the Europeans to stop Putin's brutal aggression. 
Now joining us is Cash Patel. He's an attorney who served as former chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense, Deputy Assistant to the President, Senior Director of Counterterrorism at the National Security Council, and the National Security Advisor uh, and Senior Counsel to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. I got all of that out, Cash. It's great to have you <laughs> with us and uh, to have you here on The Great America Show. Welcome. Lou, thanks so much for having me back, and I appreciate you running through that myriad of government titles, which is just fancy speak for I couldn't get a job in private industry, so I just stuck it out there for a while. Well, and also, uh, Cash is being modest. The, the list goes on and on and on, and in all the posts that he served with great distinction uh, to the you know in service to the American people, it's just in the nation. It's just great uh, to have you with us. Let's start with these developments, and and first, mm -hmm. if we may, uh, the fact that this this battle, this war in Ukraine, we're now in day six. It is getting uh, tougher. The fighting is heavier. The bombardment more intense, uh, and yet the Ukrainians are standing with their leader and and winning more than their fair share of the engagements. Your thoughts? I think that's what's surprising everyone, including Vladimir Putin the most, because he thought he would take the might of Russia and restore to the heyday of the Soviet Union and roll in his tanks and his missiles and his munition and his, you know, hundreds of thousands of soldiers and sort of just steamroll through what he believes uh, geographically should rejoin the USSR or the Russia as it is today. And, uh, you know, the heroism of the Ukrainian soldiers and their president, uh, you know, Zelensky, who's actually strapping up uh, military gear, kitting out and going on the front lines, um, is inspiring his people to to defeat uh, or take on uh, President Putin's uh, forces. And And I think, no, I truly believe this. I don't think anyone's more shocked than Putin. He thought he'd be in and out in a day. And the optics of it are extraordinary. Uh, the, the images uh, of the of the battlefield, which are the streets and the, and the buildings, uh, the highways of, uh, of Ukraine. But two images keep pushing toward one's eyes. And that is, obvious, you say, Zelensky in the field with his troops, uh, knowing he has to be very careful where he is, because snipers, uh, mercenaries, and all of the Russian forces are trying to kill him, uh, and his soldiers, of course, and the resistance trying to protect him. But he is there in the midst of the smoke and the rubble, and there, the counterpoint from the, from the aggressor, the invader. <laughs> it is just stunning to see Vladimir Putin sitting at the end of a long table by himself, <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeming utterly, utterly out of out of touch uh, and insensate. Uh, he, he what what do you make of this? Well, I think that's just it. Like he thought he would be um, able to close this uh, battle, so to speak. That is, as you said, a war in days, if not a day. And now he finds himself. In, and this is almost as important to Vladimir Putin, the following as is regaining the geography of the Ukraine to the to the Russian people. That is the propaganda. That is the media. That is him being on the global stage dominating. And his offensive, his war has shown his um, capabilities to go to literally 
the very ends of the earth and overstep the bounds of what any other global leader would do in his position. But he suffered a massive blow um, from a from a maybe even ego perspective, because now the Ukrainian people and the media is covering rightly so are showing that they won't be taken over by Russia and they won't fold over and they won't just say you can come in and have it. And I don't think he knows what to do with that. He's now lost the narrative and is losing the battle, if you can believe it. And he's entertaining talks. Um, thankfully, I believe, you know, diplomatic talks with the Ukrainians um, in Moscow. Of course, we're nowhere, you know, our leadership here is nowhere to be found, but that's that's another story. Exactly. I, and it's also clear that, uh, as you suggest, President Biden has receded from this historical moment, uh, this critical moment uh, in, in the history of Europe, uh, in, indeed the, the globe. Uh, and that is, that's troubling to some, but I have to be very straightforward about this. I think Europe is better off without, without even the pretense that somehow Biden is important to the events that are taking place in Ukraine or that he would have some significant contribution to the leadership of all of these Western democracies. I think you're right. I, if I was um, the folks over in NATO's alliance and on the literally on the front lines bordering the Ukraine situation, I, I would say, why would I want President Biden here? The, the American prowess on the national security front has suffered a precipitous blow since President Biden took over lest we forget the calamity that was Afghanistan and the fact that we can't um, secure our own southern border. If these global leaders are looking at just those two incidents, um, why would they ask for help from America um, they, so they can screw up the situation even more and have America airmail what, our vice president over there? Those talks ended up in word salad nonsense, and she returned with uh, you know blindfolds back on. He hasn't been over there. He tried to call Putin, who wouldn't even take his phone calls. I'd be surprised if the European leadership even wanted to get on the phone with President Biden. I think you've astutely pointed that out. I don't think I've heard anyone else say that before because people keep saying America has to be there. America has to be there. And Lou, you know, the one thing I learned under President Trump is why does America have to be there? And he's doing it, you know, from uh, from a sort of subconsciously almost uh, because he's so inept, we're sort of not there by default, not because of his, you know, congruent action to yeah. to keep America top. Again, the contrast over the weekend was remarkable as Putin raised his nuclear forces to high mm -hmm. alert uh, and put the world on edge. And and our president was nowhere to be seen in Washington, D.C. <laughs> he was again in Delaware. And then you watch the propaganda flowing through the cable uh, news networks. It was astonishing. Suddenly, suddenly Putin is crazy. He is uh, somehow <laughs> mentally gone south on us. Uh, he was always mentally south of us and always a little off, but he was always the despot he is now. There, and, and this pretense suddenly, and one of the reasons they said that they, the, these pundits uh, said that they felt that he was in you know serious mental anguish and trouble uh, is because they hadn't seen him in the Kremlin very much. He kept going to his Dachau uh, and uh, other resorts uh, and doesn't spend much time there at the Kremlin. I thought, 
they could be saying the same thing of Biden, who spends very little time <laughs> at the White House, who spends his time in Delaware. And you don't hear a discussion from the uh, the left wing corporate uh, propaganda machine uh, about that. It, it's it's suffocating to think of uh, this disinformation, misinformation warfare that's carried out daily against the American people, irrespective of, of a war in Ukraine. Yeah, you're totally right. Look, uh, you know, forget the facts from their perspective. They just want to fill the space with hyperbole. Let's remind your audience who already knows this. Joe Biden's been to Delaware at this stage in his presidency far more than Donald Trump ever went to Bedminster or Mar-a-Lago. And oh, by the way, I can tell you as a guy who traveled with the president to those to those uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster, the president never stopped working. But as you pointed out, we don't even hear from Joe Biden. All we hear is the mainstream media machine revving up to sling hyperbole. And I think I, I think you agree with me when I say it's dismissive to say President Putin is insane or crazy. He is the leader of Russia and acting with resound uh, firmness. Unfortunately, we don't want to see that. But just because we don't want to see that doesn't make the man crazy. That That's not how you lead on a world stage. That's not how you take on an action. And you certainly don't do it. Uh, from your home in 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 uh, Delaware, taking a nap before the State of the Union, or of course, as we just saw, finally finding the muster to lift the mask mandate, so the media can have their optics come tomorrow at the State of the Union. And let's see what he says about the Ukraine situation there. My guess is he will say how heroic the Ukrainian people are, rightly so, and that we should pray for them. But w- what is he going to say? His sanctions are now working. Mm-hmm. The very sanctions he reversed. When he came to office, which led us to this point, namely uh, the uh, turning back on the construction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline so Germany could get cheap energy from our enemy in Russia. And then the Germans have sat on the sidelines, not wanting to uh, upset their emperor energy uh, conduit. Uh, It's just ridiculous. And now he's saying, let's see where we are in a month after what, another thousand Ukrainian civilians are dead. Now he wants to utilize the sanctions regime. Um, it's just it's just a total ineptitude and a complete failure of diplomacy from our State Department, not to mention our DOD. To think of Jake Sullivan, the National Security <laughs> Advisor, uh, Anthony uh, Blinken, uh, the Secretary of State, as the official helpers of uh, President Biden. Oh, God. Uh, President Biden hasn't got a chance in the world with these two blundering along with him, racing actually to make more mistakes than he would make. Some counsels, some advisors. It's it's frightening to see what well, is going on with this administration. Yeah, and I don't mean to cut you off, but let me just maybe Anytime. give you a, your, your audience a, a little reminder of who Jake Sullivan is. The current National Security Advisor to our president was a senior campaign advisor to Hillary Clinton, who has been named by title in John Durham's indictments as an individual who had knowledge of Michael Sussman, the head attorney for the Hillary Clinton campaign, had knowledge of all these, all of this millions of dollars flowing from the Hillary campaign into the coffers of these attorneys. And then, as you now know, and we've always known, Lou, the, the, the fraudulent efforts of the Steele dossier, the corruption at the FISA court, the Alpha Bank nonsense, and what we just learned last week from John, from John Durham, the infiltration of White House servers. This individual, Jake Sullivan, who I interrogated four years ago under oath, said he did not know what all this money was being spent on and had no idea. I find that impossible 
to believe, especially since the deposition I took of Michael Sussman is the one John Durham used to indict him under oath. So I think America should be asking questions of why is this individual advising the president of the United States? And then on to Anthony Blinken, who gave his glorious uh, interview on cable TV last week, said, quote, we have been we have been watching the situation for three months, end quote. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean you've been watching? What have you been doing? Have you been over there? Did you send a group? Did you do what we did under President Trump, which was get on a plane and go wherever it was needed with whoever was needed to engage with whatever we needed to do to make sure World War Three didn't break out? I mean, all they're doing is giving interviews and quotes to the mainstream media. And as you put it, pointed out, the mainstream media is just as responsible, if not more, for the ineptitude and fallacies of this administration. Without critical judgment and an independent uh, news media, there is no watchdog. There is there is no protection of the public's right to know, and certainly no uh, no production uh, of news and information that is critical to a citizenry in a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's awful because these these corporations uh, have have so uh, tortured and twisted the national media into a grotesque semblance uh, of a, a free press, uh, that it's, it is shameful and it is, as you point out, dangerous to the national interest. I totally agree. And that's just the beginning of what we're being allowed to unveil. And the mainstream media is trying to cover it up by deflecting to Putin and by talking about how Joe Biden's economy is now surging. Now, look, I'm not the economist, and I will leave the expertise in the finance department to you, Lou Dobbs, um, who knows and understands that. But uh, with your great depth and knowledge of that subject, that's got to tick you off to say the mainstream media now coming in to say, well, don't look at the Ukraine, but look at how great the economy is um, and, and just skip over the inflation and the fact that we've lost more jobs than ever before. It's its stunning that they won't, well, actually, I guess it's not stunning since they've been lying for the last five years, that they continue to cover up for this individual all because he's anything but Donald Trump. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and I should point out that uh, while you were uh, taking the, uh, the testimony, uh, you were serving at that point as uh, the senior counsel of the House uh, select committee, uh, uh, permanent committee on uh, intelligence. Uh, and uh, again, an, uh, another of uh, Cash Patel's broad portfolio uh, and experience. The, the idea that Ukraine right now is, is surviving in this battle is to me stunning. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I am so proud. I'm uh, just to witness this kind of courage and bravery and to stand up against what is a the most powerful alliance in all the world. That is the alliance between the CCP uh, and mm. Putin's thugs in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, to think that she and Putin put together this axis of evil that reaches from Beijing to Moscow and one of the two senior partners is getting his tail kicked by <laughs> insolent and courageous uh, Democrats uh, on, this, on the streets of uh, Kiev and all of the other cities in Ukraine. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it's, a, it's a point that 
people have almost overlooked because all no one is talking about Xi Jinping and the CCP in Taiwan anymore. I mean, he was smart enough to come in and say, well, I, I maybe I don't like Putin, he, Xi Jinping, but I definitely don't like America. And I know you, Vladimir Putin, don't like America. So why don't we join forces and collectively go at them? And you saw these two men um, taking on the world at their genocide games in the Olympics. And right. they're sitting in their box seats and looking over the minions below them. And the, of course, the mainstream media is covering this nonsense. And to Xi Jinping's, you know, you have to say credit, you know, from the perspective of a leader looking after his interest, he's done everything that America would not want him to do. Power up with Putin, have Putin lead the charge, have Putin take the propaganda machine to the American people, weaken our national security apparatus. And all the while, you can bet, Lou, that Xi Jinping is planning his own offensive, whether it's against Taiwan or against American cybersecurity interests or um, fluctuating the currency in China to further grow the trade imbalance between America and China. And let's not forget, continue the outpour of Chinese fentanyl from China to America, which single-handedly kills more of our youth and more of our children than any one thing on planet Earth. But it's all of a sudden okay for that to that currency to explode onto the American scene again after four years of Trump's blockading it. Um, apparently, those murders don't matter or matter less than uh, you know the rights of illegal immigrants who are here committing crimes and getting released on bond. Uh, this this administration is absolutely upside down. Uh, it is running counter to every every American imperative that runs through our heritage, our culture, our history, uh, mm -hmm. abandoning sovereignty of the nation by walking away from the border, uh, uh, permitting uh, fentanyl to be uh, imported into this country uh, from China, doses enough to kill the, po the entire population of this country over several times uh, with al almost every passing month that much in seizures of fentanyl shipped from China and for China to get away with killing uh, almost a million Americans with the, the Wuhan virus, uh -huh. and there is no consequence, no regard for the fact that Xi Jinping is the moral equivalent of a murderer because he unleashed that virus on America and the world with the full knowledge that it was deadly, that it was highly contagious, and that millions would die. Your no, you're I mean, it's just... The, what you just listed for any one individual to accomplish in one lifetime on behalf of a country to inflict that much pain against American and American interests in American lives, you would think any one of those things alone would be sufficient for our government, wh whoever's in charge, to rise up and say, you can't do that to America and America's people. But not only are they allowed to do one, one of those things, they've allowed all of that to occur in just 13 months since President Biden has taken over and the Democrats have are in charge of Congress and the Senate. So the world has seen what Democratic leadership has done. And I hope, you know, the world sees a reversal come November. But um, one of the things that I know you and I share is the uh, infuriating fact about the intelligence failure uh, surrounding this incident. And I think oh, um, you've covered it well, but it's only coming out to light now, Lou, um, thanks to you, that our president actually has spent the last few months exchanging and providing sensitive classified information, American intelligence 
to the Chinese government and Xi Jinping about troop movements regarding the Ukraine. And he, President Biden, somehow thought that would avoid a conflict when in our learning in reality, Xi Jinping turned around and gave that information directly to Vladimir Putin. And when, when Biden was asked about that just two or three days ago um, at the White House, he said, quote, I'm not prepared to discuss that yet. You and I both know what that means. He did it. It was a calamitous failure of leadership that jeopardized American national security interests. He turned over some of our most sensitive intelligence and he failed to thwart this war. And now China and Russia are dancing around with some of our most classified information. It's just outrageous as someone for, who used to work in the intelligence community. Cash, this, this government, this Democratic Party, these Marxists uh, who uh, pretend that their progressive uh, philosophies and ideology somehow are, are not akin to to neo Marxism in this in the United States. It's it's outrageous. And for this president in 13 months to have done the damage, to have inflicted the damage on this country that he has, uh, you have to ask: Is he, in your judgment, and that's what I am going to ask you right now, is Biden compromised by China, and? Is that being reflected in all of these activities? Uh, and, you know, because there are so many possible motivations for this president, and none of them flattering, uh, to have receded from the world stage and to given up leadership, American leadership of the free world. I think he's compromised by his own inabilities, his own mental faculties, his own internal desire to see the White House and this nation run by the mainstream media and politics and not by facts and intelligence and what's best for America and putting America first. And that's what he wants. He's out there looking for a headline and he's out there listening to these crazy progressives, the AOCs of the world and whoever else you wanna say, um, and saying, this is how we're going to implement national security. What did Donald Trump do? We're gonna do the opposite. That is the ultimate politicization of the uh, national security apparatus. And is, it is, I believe, what compromises his ability to affect to be an effective commander in chief the most. And of course, that's not to mention the fact that we haven't even known the, the depth of his dealings with Ukraine, his son's dealings with Ukraine, the Chinese government, how much money they've made, because our our powers to be in government don't want to investigate it. And of course, it was Donald Trump. And when it was, they spent endless amounts of time and money investigating false narratives only to have the mainstream media put them out as if they were true. Now we have the mainstream media and Joe Biden. You see what happens when they're aligned and coupled together. The world literally implodes in 13 months. It is a terrifying prospect. And I think Joe Biden is compromised on all accounts. Um, and he's shown himself to be a totally incapable commander in chief. There is, a, I, I can only say it this way, an exquisite irony with all, within all of this tragedy uh, and conflict. And that is, can you imagine a scriptwriter who <laughs> would have had a president sitting in the Oval Office who was compromised by both Ukraine and China, who finally cr created a tortured plot line in which Russia invades Ukraine, exploits China and China, the United States, and meanwhile, that president who thought he was home free 
with his son and their 30 plus million dollars, according to Peter Schweitzer's reporting, suddenly is exposed for all the world to see vividly. I mean, it's it's just outrageous. Can you can you imagine if it was Donald Trump and say Don or Eric who had been shown to receive 30 million dollars from a foreign country such as one of these? Um, they'd be having the Department of Justice prosecute them from now until the end of time. And now we have the opposite, or excuse me, we have the Democrat and his son in power. And every time we show, whether it's through Peter Schweitzer or other great reporting, an actual connection, an actual money moving from one from these countries to Biden or Biden's kid, it's fake news, nothing to see here. Um, it's more Trump zealots talking about uh, parody rather than reality. And it's unbelievable that this mainstream media continues to um, hurt American democracy with their failed journalistic integrity. Um, it's it's something that I wish uh, we could restore. But, Lou, um, you know, you've been in journalism for a long time. You've had great success. I just I don't know what the answer is. It's just um, I'm saddened to see it, though. Well, I, I think you're part of the answer. Uh, and. Uh... And the, the fact is that there has to be a new countervailing force in our society against these powerful corporate news outlets, because this isn't just CNN, uh, mm -hmm. it's CNN's ownership, AT&T and soon to be Discovery. Uh, right. It isn't just ABC News, it's, it's Disney, for mm -hmm. crying out loud. Uh, it, it isn't just the New York Times, the Washington Post, it's the, the oligarchs behind them who own them uh, and who run roughshod over democracy. Uh, and, and, and I want to compliment you on your new, uh, and I love the name of it, the Legal Offensive uh, Trust, uh, the Cash Patel Legal Offensive Trust. Uh, I want to give, a, give you a moment here just to, to bring us up to date on how that is going. It's uh, designed to, uh, to give, give those uh, who are smeared by the uh, big tech and big corporate media, uh, a place to go and resources uh, to defend themselves. Well, I greatly appreciate you. Give me a little uh, a second here to talk about it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, after being mercilessly defamed and Lou, I'm talking to someone who actually knows what that's like. And <laughs> to be called a name, to be called something nonsensical by the mainstream media is one thing. To have outright lies written and said about you so the international world can look at them and see them and they believe it is another thing. And that's defamation. And so after being defamed from running the Russiagate hoax and proving it to be a hoax, I sued the New York Times, CNN, Politico, and those cases are ongoing. But what I learned was, Lou, that so many other Americans have been defamed and they don't have the resources or the know-how to get out there and clear their names and have their day in court. So I started fightwithcash.com. It's fightwithcash with a K.com. And it's pretty simple. I'm out there raising money across the country for everyday Americans. It's a complete charity. If you've been defamed or you think you've been defamed or you know someone that has, you go to the website, fightwithcash.com, and you submit your summary. We review it for free. If you have a cause of action, we contact you and our team of lawyers who are brilliant in defamation work will we'll hire you, well, excuse me, will contact you and we will pay for your fees, all of them. So you have your day in court and you get your name cleared. And um, the movement, like anything else, is a charity and we need your support. So anyone that can donate or help us um, find resourcing for fightwithcash.com is greatly appreciated. We have half a dozen lawsuits already in the pipeline, Lou, and uh, we look forward to hopefully filing 
one or two every month uh, from now until the end of the year. And my guess is the rate will expand exponentially, <laughs> given what's going on in this country. And it's a, it is a wonderful effort. Uh, the Cash Patel Legal Offensive Trust. I love that. Offensive Trust. Uh, <laughs> enough with this defense. Let's go on the offense. Uh, it's cash. Uh, fight with cash with a K, as uh, Cash said. Fightwithcash.com and learn more about it. Uh, we encourage you to do so. The Ukraine has just applied for European Union membership, uh, and apparently that's going to be an expedited review. And I don't know what the outcome will be, but it very quickly could become a major, major uh, development, uh, particularly for Mr. Xi and uh, Mr. Putin. Yeah, no one's talking about it. The fact that the EU is sort of on the rise after having been suffered that whole deal with Brexit and that all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. The fact that the, the, the Ukrainians, who I think astutely are taking advantage of the situation as best they can to say, we're under attack. We are geographically a part of Europe. Let us into the European Union because, you know, NATO won't let them into NATO. Um, it's a it's a very smart play by Zelensky and one in which I think now that they're taking it on an expedited fashion, I can you imagine an EU country voting to not allow the Ukraine who is being invaded by Putin into the EU, they almost have to do it or suffer a permanent black eye for, for vetoing it or preventing it. And um, it's one of the things that shows that a, a global or not even global, but a multi-nation um, national uh, security force or economic force can come together and work. It's one of the rare instances where it's probably supposed to work. Unlike our current United Nations, which um, Joe Biden is doing nothing with, because here's the one thing I know we did under President Trump, when countries like China and Russia um, interfered with American national security interests or killed innocent civilians, since the United Nations sits in New York City, we would ban their diplomats from allowing them to come into the country to sit at the United Nations. Why hasn't President Biden permanently banned every member of Russia from attending, every Russian diplomat from attending the United Nations and giving them that global microphone? Why haven't we kicked them off the Security Council? What about the Chinese diplomats at the United Nations? Why haven't they been banned? And we can ban them because we simply revoke their immigration status to allow them to enter the United Nations. That would be a powerful statement and a powerful way to use a crippled United Nations. Um, I think Ukraine has found a way to use the European Union, who has been crippled over the years, to their advantage. And um, Maybe we'll see its rise. You know, again, within all of this, uh, the misery and the death and the devastation and destruction come these these videos of uh, uh, of Zelensky uh, voicing the Paddington Bear in uh, in Ukrainian in Ukrainian media. Uh, who knew that he did that? Who knew that he won Dancing with the Stars? And they put this video out. Uh, as, as buildings are smoldering and the rubble is in the streets and uh, bombs are exploding, there is Zelensky uh, doing these amazing uh, ballroom dances. Uh, and I mean, amazing. He's, he's a terrific.
terrific uh, entertainer in all respects. This this guy who made a living as a comedian. Uh, he is multi-talented as he's showing now as he outsmarts some of the so-called smartest people in geopolitics. Uh, it certainly makes you think that it is that among that number should not be uh, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. Oh, you're, 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 <laughs> you're, that's always Lou. You're completely right. I mean, I don't understand how the mainstream media and the media in Europe allow these two individuals to uh, continue their propaganda machine. You know what they should do, Lou, is just stop covering anything Putin and she have to say, period. But they would have to have some intestinal fortitude to do that. And if they did that, they would shut off one of the main goals of Putin and she, which is to have the global propaganda machine do their bidding. And right. could you imagine if the mainstream media in just this country alone stopped, only reported oh. on the Ukraine, but reported nothing on Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping in their propaganda machine, that would have a desired outcome. But of course, the lapdogs in the mainstream media can't stay away from this because all it, all it allows them to say is <laughs> somehow, irresponsibly, this is all Trump's fault. <laughs> and uh, isn't it, isn't and it we'll amazing? running with that narrative. And what's great is to watch these uh, these analysts on television in particular, but also the columnists in the, the New York Times or the Washington Post uh, start taking up their reasoning about how this is whose fault. And then they get to the point where they realize all the Javelin missiles were ordered in by Trump. Uh, right. All of the security interests were ordered by Trump. Uh, all of the discussion about armaments and military spending by the European NATO nations. Oh, wait a minute. That was Trump who wanted all of that brought to bear and focused on, yes, Russia, Russia and Russia. Uh, and who said to the entire country when it would on occasion listen that China, China is a devious and dangerous international force. Mm -hmm. And we have to contend with it because they are the chief enemy of the United States. No one would pay attention. They're paying attention now. And the poor <laughs> darlings can't work. They can't make their syllogisms work anymore where uh, Trump comes out at the end as the bad guy. He was the force for good. And they, these journalists, these savants, the, these columnists, uh, were forces for idiocy and failure. Well, I think they continue to do it in the desperate hopes that they're going to prevent Donald Trump from running for president, uh, you know, and announcing at the end of the year. They're trying to sideline him already. And they're trying. And now what you see is Hillary Clinton coming in to fill the void, uh, which is, of course, what the mainstream media morons want. And, uh, I, you know, I, you know, I, for one, would love nothing more than to see Donald Trump run against Hillary Clinton and defeat her yet again to completely bury and eliminate the Clinton dynasty and um, teach the mainstream media once and for all that this country isn't bought and paid for by their liberal dollars and socialist values. So I think they're, we're going to continue to see it. And I think Hillary Clinton's going to have a problem with John Durham <laughs> come this summer um, and her, her entire campaign and all her minions that are part of the process. And so honestly, Lou, I hope she announces soon. And I can't wait for when Donald Trump, I believe, will announce uh, hopefully later this year or the end of the year. And um, it will, as we say, be game on. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly right. And I do believe uh, for the Trump part, that will be the case. Uh, and it will be to uh, thunderous applause that will be audible from uh, uh, sea to shore. <laughs> 
sea to uh, uh, shore and coast to coast and, uh, you know, throughout the United States, because the American people desperately want him back. Uh, 62% say the country is going in the wrong direction. 50, I believe it's 54% of the country has great concerns about Biden's mental acuity. Uh, that is lack of it. And for us to be in this situation, it's going to land purely at the at the doorstep of the Democratic National Committee, which was the nexus of a plot against the president to overthrow the president, to block his candidacy and to subvert the presidency uh, throughout his entire term of office. Oh, you're totally right. And that was it. They thought they could, one, prevent him from being president. Then when they came in, they got the apparatus, the DNC and Hillary campaign paid for um, false information from a Russians or not a Russian, many Russians through steel, pumped that into the FBI through a willing and witting FBI who falsely spied on a presidential campaign and then president of the United States, continued that spying operation and allowed the Democratic Party, the Hillary Clinton campaign to obtain a contract whereby they were allowed to secretly infiltrate White House servers to monitor the executive office of the president at 1600 Pennsylvania. Lou, that is outrageous. And people throw around terms like insurrection and treason when they're talking about January 6th. And as a former federal prosecutor, those terms have legal meaning. I don't even know how you define under the law the depravity and the lengths that these people have gone through that John Durham is finally highlighting and showing to take down and surveil the sitting president of the United States, all paid for by political operatives. There must yes. be accountability and these questions have to be answered. Absolutely. And one of those defendants uh, today is uh, Julie Kelly, who's done an, an incredible job reporting on mm -hmm. the J January 6th uh, uh, committee, uh, the, the Soviet era persecution yeah. uh, of these people who were on Capitol Hill on January 6th. Uh, and indeed, some of them may have committed a crime, but right now we don't know who and they haven't received due process and it, they might as well be in the Soviet era in the Soviet Union the way that they have been treated. But one committed suicide today, a young man uh, who had not had his day in court, had been treated horribly. Uh, and who stood charged with nothing more than walking into the Capitol. Uh, wow. This is the kind of uh, demented viciousness uh, that is the American left in America in 2022. Uh, Cash, I want to turn to you just for a concluding thought here about where you think we are in Ukraine and where you think uh, this is headed. Wow. Well, you know, I wish I look, I'll be the first to tell you I got it wrong before. So I'm not sure I'm, I'm too much to say here. I, I honestly didn't believe Putin would cross that one inch line to war. And he has, um, you know, but pursuant to our conversation and listening to you, you know, it looks like Putin has been throttled somewhat and shocked back into a little bit of a, a cocoon back in Moscow. And I can tell you where I would hope I hope this goes that these talks led by the brave Zelensky and Ukrainians, these diplomatic negotiations assisted, I guess, by the Europeans will lead to a ceasefire. That's what I would like to see. Yes. This threat of nuclear war, I think, is hyperbole. I think it is bombastic. And I think it's Putin's attempt to steal back the propaganda narrative that he's lost 
because he's been stymied in the Ukraine. Um, to say that a nuclear arsenal, um, not to get into details of how we prepare for that, is on force ready is to say that there is, uh, you know, electricity on in America. It's something that is 24 seven, 365. I think he just uses that verbiage and says, we are now at a heightened posture because everybody will talk about it. So I hope that they draw um, some lines and some ceasefire agreements in the next week or so, because, um, you know, here's, here's, here's where I actually would like to close Lou is, you know, war, you know, this, War is not cool. Uh, there's nothing cool about it. The only people that think war is fun and exciting and cool is the defense industrial complex and their overlords on Capitol Hill who stand to make hundreds of billions of dollars when a war does go. Um, but what's not is returning American soldiers' bodies to their families and putting them in the ground at Arlington National Cemetery and delivering flags to their family members and thanking them for their service, which has ended in tragedy. That is, to me what we must always guard against. It's what President Trump guarded against, and as you said, successfully ended the, the forever war. So I hope we, we return to a place in dialogue where war is no longer talked about as if it was something in a Marvel comic book, but a tragic reality. And I hope there's a ceasefire soon, Lou. As uh, I think do we all. Uh, it's, uh, there is some good news in this. And that is that the neocons right now, I think, understand that uh, the American people are nowhere near tolerant enough to put up with their nonsense and seeking uh, American engagement overseas mm -hmm. after so many decades of these interminable wars that meant nothing to the national interest, nothing to the national security. Uh, and now in this conflict uh, in Ukraine, the Europeans are standing up. Uh, they are not seeking American, quote unquote, leadership or uh, forces to be on the ground in Ukraine. They are actually taking uh, hegemonic responsibility for their region of the world. And I think that is one of the healthiest developments in geopolitics in memory. Uh, I, I hope that uh, we can all agree on that. And we can all agree that the brave people of Ukraine deserve their freedom. And I hope Europe acts quickly to preserve just that. I thank you, Cash Patel, for being with us. As always, a great American. We want to recommend to you again the Cash Patel Legal Offense Trust. Uh, it is uh, fightwithcash.com. That's fightwithcash with a K, fightwithcash.com. And give the, uh, give the uh, big tech folks and all of those corporate-owned news outlets a little something to think about when they defame and attempt to censure and cancel uh, any one of us. Thanks so much for being with us here. We, again, Cash, appreciate you being with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening in, and I hope that you will join us tomorrow when we continue our coverage and analysis of the crisis in Ukraine. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.